Hello and welcome to Share the Stage. We are back. What a week. This is Shantae Earl and you are watching Share the Stage. Today we have a very special guest with us on Share the Stage. We have Al, uh, Angela Alexander and she is an amazing author, speaker, uh, director and <laughs> Angela has done some amazing things. Uh, I'm going to read her bio. How are you doing, by the way, Angela? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Well, I am so happy that you decided to join us today. I know you will bless the audience with your amazing story. So we are going to share the stage with, and you are going to help us understand a little bit about how to take pain and turn it into power and grief into peace. For those of you who don't know who Angela is, she is an author, inspirational speaker of a children's book, audio autobiography, and an executive producer of her own documentary film titled Miracles in Action, Turning Pain into Power and Grief into Peace. She retired from the Air Force Reserves in 2005. Angela is now a grief coach. She helps people who are grieving transform the renewing of their minds so that they can embrace the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. She shares her amazing story at churches, retreats, conferences, women fellowship, book clubs, and now she is on Share the Stage. So, hey, today is the day, and I want to thank you again. Welcome to Share the Stage, Angela. Thank you. <laughs> now, Angela, tell us a little bit about who is Angela? How did you come up with that idea of writing that book, Miracles in Action? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't my idea. I, I, I came into this stage screaming and fighting and resisting all the way, you know, but, you know, finally I had to surrender to the Holy Spirit and walk in obedience because this is, this is not my will, but thy will. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, and I know that you've been around the world. I've seen you on television sharing your amazing story. And can you just share with the audience what miracles in action is really all about for those who may not have heard RF? Are, are privy to, to what it is that you've been through. Right. So it all began when I was in Japan on military duty. And while I was there, I was working with a group of people and Lieutenant Mavecchi came up to me and says, Alexander, I need to speak with you. Now, Shanta, it was April Fool's weekend. And so I just thought, you know, this is just another joke. And so we just started walking and talking about nothing. And then we entered the small office. And inside was a man who was introduced as a priest and another lady from our unit. And the priest, he was nervously shaking, physically holding his paperwork on the Red Cross. And he says, Angela, your family has been in a car accident. But from the looks on their faces, I just knew this was no April Fool's joke. Mm. The day before, my husband, and four children were driving down the highway in San Bernardino County, California, and a car cut them off. Our truck hit the center divider, and upon impact, they were all knocked unconscious. Then our truck went backwards across that highway and fell, 
25 feet below and landed upside down on top of two other parked vehicles with people inside those cars. Can you imagine that? Wow. You just sit in your car and you just, this truck just falls on your engine. Well, praise God, I caught it on their engine and not the roof. So those mm. people were extremely shaken up, but they were okay. Mm. And I'm in Japan on military duty. And when the police, firefighter, ambulance with their jaws of life all came to the site, they saw a father and four children. And they ran up to my daughter, Angela. She was 11 years old at the time. She was in and out of consciousness. And they said, where's your mother? Where's your mother? Well, she looked at the officer all day and said, my mother's in Japan. Well, wow. if you can imagine, the officer thought she just hit her head way too hard and was delirious. Didn't believe a single word she said. So they retrieved my address from my husband's driver's license and came to my home. Now, most people think by me being on the other side of the world was the worst place possible. But you know what? I needed to be that far away. Mm in order to hear God's voice. Because mm. if I was home, I would have run somewhere. Wow. But in Japan, I had no choice but to be still and know that God is still God. Wow. Yes. Wow. And whenever there's a crisis, Christ is. Christ is whenever and wherever there's a crisis, Christ is. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. And and just the thought of having my family in an accident and to hear what you've heard, um, being out in a whole nother country, how how did you feel about being so far away though in, in Japan? I mean, you, you were serving our country and then get this call about your family being in this horrible accident. Right, you know, because in the military, we're trained and, and, and we're, um, you know, emotionally ready if something happens to us. With all our paperwork in order, everything, but we're not prepared if something, if we're out of, out of the country and if something happens to our family. That's a whole nother scenario. Nah, and I can only imagine. You probably was extremely hysterical just to hear, hear that. And then, and then what else happened while you were there so when you the were dealing with that? So the priest said, Angela, your husband, he's in the hospital, but he's okay. Your daughter, Angela, she's in the hospital, but she's okay. Your daughter, Angelina, she's in the hospital, but she's okay. But your two eight-year-old son, Maurice and Roger, they didn't make it. I'm telling you, instantly, as if no one else was in that room but God and me, I recalled a prayer my children said before going to bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And Shanti, I don't know, maybe because I need to hear from my son so badly. I felt right here in my heart as if I heard them say, no, mommy, that priest is wrong. We prayed the Lord our soul to take. We did make it. We're here with Jesus. And I'm telling you, God was sending your sister so much love and so much peace. There was no room for pain. 
the people in the room are watching and waiting for my world to turn upside down. But instead, they witnessed my world still in alignment with mm. the one we call our Heavenly Father. Wow. 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 That, that's, that, that is a whole lot to take in. You know, I'm sure everyone who's watching and who's listening right now, I know you were not prepared for that. I know I wasn't. And, and Angela, you know, it does take a lot to, to deal with a loss. I've had loss in my life. Many of you who are watching might be dealing with someone who you've lost in your life. And it takes time to heal from that. And a lot of times we go into this phase of being in shock where we just don't believe right. what it is that we're hearing. And, you know, they, they I'm sure you've heard of the four, four phases that we go through, denial, acceptance, yeah. mad, and, and this, uh, the last phase. I mean, at that point when you heard that, you know, your, your, your son, your, your husband, your daughter, but your two youngest was, was not, was not there. I'm sure that was devastating. I'm so sorry that you had to hear that and had to actually go through that. What, what happened next though, Angela, when, when you found that out and then here you are traveling back all the way from Japan, what, what was, what was going through your mind? So the next day I was on that 10 hour plus, they immediately, they had already booked my plane ticket before they even told me what happened. Therefore, took great care of me. And so the next day I was on that 10 hour plus back from Japan to Los Angeles. And about an hour into that flight, I almost sat straight up in my seat as I remembered this letter Maurice had written about a month before the car crash. Now, Maurice was eight years old in the third grade. He had a math test at school. He finished early and received his A. Now he has to be quiet while his classmates completed third test. And in that quiet time, he wrote this letter to me and my husband. Now, let me tell you, he had never written us a letter before. So this is not one of many or any, I don't have a stack of letters. He ran in the house from school that afternoon. And he shouted, mommy, mommy, dad, dad, I wrote you a letter, I wrote you a letter. I said, what do you mean you wrote us a letter? Where are you going? <laughs> and he looked at me, he says, nowhere, mommy. I just love you. I told my husband, I said, baby, get the checkbook because whatever brother wants, the brother can have too, okay? Okay. And the three of us sit in the foot of our bed and we read his letter aloud. And he not only expressed that he loved us, he explained why he loved us. And at the, and at the end of all three pages, he wrote the words, bye-bye. <laughs> now, this is now... Bye bye. And, and, and so he wrote B, not not B Y E. He wrote B Y dash B Y. And that's by and by. Like we'll see each other again. Yeah. But his letter was so on point. I mean, it, his letter was written above and beyond his age and grade level. And when we got his letter, his letter. I mean, in that moment, it was so special. I mean, I shared it with all my friends and family. It was so special. But it wasn't until he passed, so I could see God's handprint all through it because he was talking about stuff that he didn't even know like he said I'm so thankful that you and dad have been together for 17 going on 18 years that is good to me now he's eight years old he just went back 10 years before he was even born mm. he said 18 y'all been together for 18 years and that was accurate at that time 
The Holy Spirit was feeding him information. And like twice he said, I'm so glad you're together. And I believe the Holy Spirit had him say that because so many parents or so many people, they separate and divorce after the death of a child, let alone children. And the Holy Spirit's like, you were together before he was born and you better stay together after he's gone. Because, you, got, you know, I'm a grief coach now. I coach, I coach so many couples that don't survive the death of a child. So, you know, that's, real, that's a real issue when, um, when it comes to grieving. You know, it's just too much pain involved and they can't seem to stay together. Wow. You know, that, 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 is, that is something else. So you located a letter that your son had written and he l literally broke down in a way of, of, of addressing you. And that I'm sure that gave you a lot of comfort. I'm sure that a gave lot. you a lot of comfort. And, and your husband, obviously, how was he handling all of this during this time? Because, you know, like you said, the couples, they don't always do well. And men, we deal with grief and pain and loss differently the way women do. I'm sure, you know, a lot of times we put up a big shield or we get busy or we, you know, we, you know, some of us can't make, can't handle it at all. And we literally lose our mind in some case and where we're out in the streets and just, right. and just don't want to ever deal with it. So right. and they can move to drug and alcohol just consumes their life and they just make a downward spiral never to return again. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 So during that time, obviously your husband, he was, he was injured as well. Was he in the hospital yeah. recovering from all of this? Yeah, so what happened with my husband was my husband had to stay in the hospital for about two months because years ago, like in, in 1985, when my husband was 24 years old, we were stationed in Germany, and he woke up one morning and couldn't talk. At, 23, at 24 years old, he suffered a severe brain aneurysm. And immediately he couldn't read, he couldn't write, he couldn't talk, didn't know the alphabet, he lost everything. And they evacuated us from Germany, sent us to Watery Hospital in Washington, D.C., where he had an 18-hour brain surgery. And he was in the hospital. It was the second year of our marriage. He was in the hospital for eight long months. Mm -hmm. and, so, and, and so right before the car crash, he was about 90% back to pre-aneurysm. I mean, he had regained his independence, his cognitive skills, his driving privileges, all that. And when our car fell and the police heard his voice, immediately he hit his head, had a concussion. His voice was all slurred back to day one again. And you know, when the police heard his voice all slurred, they assumed he was on drugs and or alcohol. Right. And they was ready to send him straight to jail. Mm -hmm. And then my daughter, Angela said, she said, no, 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 stop right there. My father, he had a brain aneurysm. But let me tell you, she lost her credibility a long time ago when she said I was in Japan. So they really wouldn't believe in anything she had to say. And so, but after my husband was released from the hospital, um, he, I mean, he was just, it was so, so painful because he was say like, what if I had just left five minutes later? What if I had just went a different route? Our son will be here. I mean, and he was just bargaining, God, you know, take me instead of my children, you know, just, you make all kinds of promises when you're doing that. But I mean, every night I had to read our son's letters to him, let him know that the miracle was already in action. 
There was nothing you could have done differently that day to change the master's plan. And I, I know that's hard for people, that's hard to consume, you know, whether whether it was who never who plan it was, you know, the God's plan, the devil's plan, and God allowed it to happen, you know, whatever. You I just let him know he didn't have that much, he couldn't have changed the plan, no matter what he did that day. And I truly believe our the day that we go home is already written before we even come here. So um, wow. it, just, it just really helped him. First, it helped him to know that I did not blame him. Right. Because right. he was already having enough guilt, guilt on his own self, let right. alone me coming behind him and making it even worse. Yeah. You know, because, you know that coulda, shoulda, woulda all day long. Yeah. So yeah. every night I would just read him our son's letters and, you know, for like over a month, every day, and just let him know that, I loved him. Our sons loved him, and they loved him. Wow! You know that 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 is so so. Uh, that's that's a tough one. Um, you know, we we talked about last week. I had an interview with with a Dwight Pledger, and we talked yeah. about something called defining moments of change, mm-hmm. and those moments in our life that tends to change and shape the course of our life, where things will never be the same again. Oh yeah. And, and, and in your defining moment that you and your husband went through, um, obviously you guys were then going through this rebuilding process and grieving process. And one thing about a defining moment, a lot of times we think about our own self, how it affected us, but uh, sometimes we forget that it is a defining moment for someone else as well with the very same incident that might have occurred in someone's life. So can exactly. you speak can you speak a little bit about how 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 those mom, that moment um, that has happened how how it changed and shaped the course of your life because a lot of things have happened since then and and how many years has this been since this incident took place? My son my son passed on April Fool's Day 2000. I cannot believe it's been 22 years. Wow. But my, it was definitely a defining moment for me. And that was the day that I realized that, um, that was the day I realized how my faith, my faith has been revealed, not built. Because I, 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 I've been, I'm, 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 I believe in Jesus all day long, but it's not until you have, you go through, like you say, your testimony, return to your testimony and yes. you go through something, you know, because everybody can praise God all day long when everything is great. Yes. But let something happen. Yes. And we say God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Mm. Well, that's just not when the bills get paid. That's when the lights get turned off too. Yes. And I truly believe that statement even on my darkest day. Mm. Yes. But God wasn't finished with me. So I had, so I had more recent letter and I came home and I was praying in my kitchen, dear God, thank you so much for Maurice's letter. It is truly the reason I can stand here with, right now with my mind still intact. But I need to know that Roger was also at peace. Mm. I need to know that he was also visited by the Holy Spirit. God, I need to know that you are in control of this hot mess. And God laid one word on my heart and he told me to search. I was like, search? Search for what? And you have you ever given God the side eye? What you talking about, God? <laughs> That's 
just talking about, you know, is it bigger than the bread box? I didn't know what I was looking for. Right. But at this time, so many people was in my house, you know, friends and family and relatives were coming in from all over. And my house was filled with so many people, I couldn't even look downstairs. So I went up to my son's bedroom and I started going through their books on the shelves, their clothes in the closet. I took their backpacks out, just emptied them in the middle of the floor. I searched my house over three hours that day and I did not find anything that I prayed, trusted, and believed for. But it's only as God can create it. It's only as God orchestrated. That very evening was open house at my children's elementary school. Now, all four of my children went to the same school, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. And my girls who survived this car crash, they needed some normalcy in their life. Their friends, on the, their friends on the block were going to open house. And I said, you know what? We're going to go as well. And we left a house full of people. We went to Angela's fifth grade class, Angelina's fourth grade class, and all their classmates wrote these hand condolences, love letters, and poems. It literally took me months just to read through the box of love. And we walked into Maurice's third grade class. And when I walked in, this hush just came across the room because the parents didn't know what to say to me. And frankly, I didn't know what to say to them. But the children just circled around because they wanted to tell me how much they loved and already missed their friend Marie. And they couldn't comprehend somebody their own eye level passing away. And somehow we made it out of Maurice's class because that was real healing time for all of us. And we went to Roger's second grade classroom. And Mrs. Blassie, his teacher gave me her condolences. And then I asked, like all the other parents asked, what did my son do for open house? Now, two weeks before the car crash, Mrs. Blackie had given all of her second graders all kind of arts and craft supplies and said, do something for open house. Your parents are coming with no other instructions. Well, God designed his opportunity for Roger to leave his goodbye letter. Roger cut out the shape of a house with closed doors. I opened it up and it said, mommy, I have a big backyard and a big house. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop right there. Because we actually have the smallest backyard on the block. And then I realized when he wrote this, he was in transition mode. He was referring to his heavenly home where he does have a big backyard and he does have a big house. And then on the right-hand side of his home description, he cut out a tombstone. And on that tombstone, he wrote three powerful words. He wrote, dead men joy. Now, this is an eight-year-old little boy using the word men. But men is the plural now for all of us because God is all-inclusive. And he also had Roger draw a picture of himself beneath those words because God also wants to have a personal relationship with you. And on the opposite side of that home description, Roger cut out a second tombstone. And on that one, he wrote the words, dead men jammed, and drew a picture of his brother Maurice, because Maurice is always dancing, jamming around the house. And I'm telling you, I almost fell to my knees in that second grade classroom as I praised God for being so good to me. Because I had just prayed hours early, God, I need to know that Roger's at peace, and this is what God gave me that evening. Wow. You know, God, God is amazing. God is absolutely amazing. 
and and that story oh my god that story is something else angela you know to know that your sons they're in a better place knowing that your faith has given you the peace to know that things have worked out for the good for your boys um you know it's it's as a father as someone who has sons and daughters you know i and someone who who's lost family members it is definitely something that takes a long time to recover from and and everybody's grief i'm sure you've realized is not the same your daughter obviously she was there in that in that same situation how is she doing right now how how is your baby girl doing now she's doing great but back then yeah oh no she was she she was mad she was so mad and she had survivor's guilt and i'm and in my book uh she wrote a poem i put it in my book and the the, 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 the poem is titled why is the sky still blue her world was devastated. Everybody walking around town like everything was the same as it was the day before. She couldn't even understand why this guy still blue. I mean, it was so deep. I mean, and she, and, and I mean, it, it was so wrong, but I think she would get mad at me um, because I was talking about these letters and I was talking about the testimonies and I was talking about, you know, even though my son's past, how good God is. Right. And, she wasn't feeling none of that. Right. I mean, that's just raw. That's just real rawness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She that... feeling, and, and, and she wanted me to come to her pity party. And, and, and I was trying to get her to come to my testimony. And we were clashing. I was mean, 11 years old. Can you imagine that? We were clashing. And, but every day she would hear me share this testimony over and over and over again. And, you know, faith comes by hearing. And I could either join her pity party or she can join mine. Right. And I said, listen, you're going to need to get on my train or get out the way because I am not going to go to your pity party. And just through over, you know, over time, the healing and hearing and just me pouring faith and scriptures into her, finally, you know, she's, she's doing great now. Great. She's 33 now. She graduated from Wellesley College near Boston. She's an engineer for Disney. So oh, she's wow. doing fantastic. I tell her all the time, God is just preparing you for the reason he preserved you. Amen. But she has a beautiful testimony. Amen. Amen. That is so good. That is so good. I'm glad to know. Glad to hear that, Angela. You know, I'm sure a lot of parents who are watching right now, um, some may have already lost a loved one and some may be going through something right now that is still devastating to them at w in one way or another. How would you share with other parents and individuals who who have had children or had a child that has passed. What, what would what would you tell them to encourage them? You know, um, some people tell me, Angela, I'm so sorry your child died out of order. And I say, our God, you know, our God is not a God of confusion. You know, in in Genesis chapter four, um, Adam and Eve was the very first couple. They buried their son. The very first couple buried their son. And people say, you might not have enough faith. Why did your son pass away? Well, who had more faith than Mary? Mother Mary. Her, her son died, Jesus. He rose again, but he died. So, you know, all is in God's order. All, all is in God's divine purpose. So don't let anybody tell you, you didn't have enough faith. You didn't have enough scripture in you. You didn't have enough that. You know, just know that 
God is good all the time and search for your miracles. Search for the miracles in the midst of your storm. I say you can either search for your misery or your miracles. Mm -hmm. The choice is yours. But whatever you gravitate, gravitates to you. So wow. search for your miracles. Search for your miracles. That is so true. That is so true. Whatever you focus on the longest definitely becomes the strongest. Exactly. And, and, and a lot of times we, we focus our attention on things that are going wrong. And then it seems like more wrong tends to happen. Um, but when we change our focus on things that we're grateful for and finding just that little hope uh, of, of hope in the situation, and constantly focus on that, you'll start to see that things will definitely start to get better. I, uh, I, I often say, and I read this in a book, it says, speak truth regardless of appearance. Mm. And, and, and the truth is the truth of God, of what he is doing in your life and the things that he's got planned for your life. Because I, Angela, I know that you have, you know, your faith has gotten you through this and during that time, you and your husband have recovered and, and you guys have moved, you know, mountains uh, with your testimonial. And, and, I, and I know that you were encouraged to write a book. Can you tell us how you, how you got into that mode to where you said, okay, well, let me, let me take my faith and put it to work and see how I can be a blessing to others. Uh, tell us that process of writing that book. Okay, well, let me tell you what happened was, while I was writing my son's memorial program, you know, God, he came to me and he says, listen, both of those letters were written to soothe your soul, but more importantly to share. And I'm telling you, something, that's when the arguments began. I'm like, oh no, God, that's what I'm not going to do. I, I'm not going to talk about this every time somebody asks me, but I'm telling you, <laughs> at that time, I couldn't even say their names without a lump in my throat. I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. And so I gave God a laundry list where I couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't. And you know what? He wasn't feeling none of that. <laughs> he was just like looking at his watch, like, okay, let me give you another, let me give you another week. And for, I'm going to give you another month. For, for, for six months, I was in disobedience. Mm. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think straight. You know, when you walk in disobedience, you know, have you, have anybody out there tried to renegotiate your assignment? I tried to. <laughs> How's it yeah. working for you? It don't work very well. It don't work, no. It don't work. So finally, after six months when I was in agony, I said, God, I had first of all, I had to flip that negative script that was going on in my head, you know, that enemy that was within me. And I had to stop saying those negative things, like I couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't, and start saying things like, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen. So once I had to flip my vocabulary, my inner self, and then I, and then so God would leave me alone. So I said, God, as long as you leave me, I'll follow. And at that time, I had 15 years in the Air Force. I said, God, if you give me the strength to put my uniform back on and stay in the military, stay in the Air Force for another five years, I will retire and dedicate my life to sharing your amazing testimony. But God granted me that strength. And while, so while I was, while I was transitioning that five years in the military, that's when I wrote my autobiography, Miracles in Action, Turning Pain into Power and Grief into Peace. And then a lot of people want to know, but Angela, um, how, what happened after everybody, you know, because when somebody passed, your home was filled with so many people. But you know what? They got a life. Eventually, a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, you know, they're going to go home and then you're going to be there by yourself. They wanted to know what happened after that. 
Yeah. And so this, I, I wrote this workbook that says the process of turning your pain into power and grief into peace. Because you have to do the work. Like you was talking earlier, if you suppress it and just try to work it and, 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 and put it on your mind, you know, it doesn't work. Because I say, time does not heal. It takes time to heal, yes. but time alone does not heal. Because I know people who've been in misery for a long time. So you have to do the work. So I have this workbook to help you with the process of turning that grief into peace. And then as you shared, my book has been turned into a documentary film, which I'm so excited about. Oh, wow. And then since then, I wrote my children's book titled Never Too Young to Be Used by God. Wow. And I just wanted to write this on a children's level because so many children, especially with COVID, they are dealing with so much grief. Not even being able to go to school and hang out. With, you know, grief is more than just somebody passing away. You know, it could be the death of your family, foreclosure of your home, your health, your wealth, your dreams, your ex expectations. What grief is just pain, the way life used to be. And what I really love about this book is, first of all, the illustrations are beautiful. The illustrations are beautiful. But what I love about this book, this is, this is more, because I want to make this book real interactive for the children. So this right here is Maurice's letter. You can take it out and read it he wrote he wrote he on the on the two on the he wrote three pages front and back and then this page so that's his letter inside in, inside this envelope and then this is roger and i told you roger cut out a tape of a house yes and then when you open it up there's the two tombstones where he wrote dead men joy and here he on the center he says he says mommy i have a big backyard and a big house that's so oh, he's wow. describing heaven. And, and he wrote a, he wrote Dead Man Joy on this tombstone and drew a picture of himself. And he wrote Dead Man Jam on this tombstone and drew a picture of his brother Maurice. And in this car crash, there were there were eight people involved in this car crash. Five people in our truck and three people on the ground. And the only two people who wrote goodbye letters were the only two people who went home to our Heavenly Father. My God. My God. Wow. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so and so when you said Angela, so you're talking about you're talking about a pivotal moment that changed the rest of my life forever. When I first of all when my son's passed, and then when I said yes to God. When Another I defining moment. When I said yes and I said and I said I surrender, God, use me as you choose to. Another not, defining not moment. That's yeah. my defining moment, saying yes to God. And as a result, and now I'm a grief coach. And my grief program is a 90-day 90, 90 transformation to help people get from grief to peace. You know, I, I am so honored to have you on our stage today, Angela, just to share that amazing testimonial. You have done some amazing work, and you are going to help so many people break free from some of the bondages and the lies that tend to keep us stuck and by by speaking your truth, it, it's helping so many people. And I'm sure those who are watching right now, you guys are being blessed by Angela. How can they get a hold of you? Um, do you have a website? I mean, are, I'll be on, I know you're on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, all of the Facebook channels. How can people buy that children's book, that oh workbook? Goodness, what, yeah. what, what do we have to do to support you? Oh, please. Thank you. So much. Um, you go to miraclesinaction.com, M-I-R-A-C-L-E-S 
M-I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N, miraclesinaction.com. Go to yes. miraclesinaction.com. Okay. Miracles in Action, Miracles with an S. And my Facebook is Angela Tays Alexander, A-N-G-E-L-A, T is in Tom, T-A-Y-E-S, Alexander. It's a lot of Angela Alexanders in there, so I put my maiden name in there just to make people go find me. Hey, make sure there's no mistakes. Don't get it twisted. It's only That's right. Don't get it twisted. It's only one. We got the original in the house today. Amen. 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 So I'm going to go ahead and make sure that we put your, your link here in our feed so people can actually go to the website um, yes. and, and, and support you on this mission that God has placed you on. You know, that's your, that's your ministry, I'm sure. So where do you, where do you speak at? I know I, I saw you on TBN many, many years ago. I saw you yes. speaking on TBN. Um, where else do you where else do you share your story? I speak at different churches, retreats, book clubs. I love book clubs, women fellowships, Zoom, <laughs> Zoom. You know, wherever I got, I've I've been to prisons and, and jails because there's a lot of grief and there's a lot of separation. Now in the jails, they child may or may not have passed, but just not being able to be there with them and for them is grief. So that was really, that was humbling to go into a prison. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, grief can, can happen in so many different ways. And, and a lot of folks are dealing with it. And a lot of people who are watching, I hope you guys have been blessed by this story. Um, and, and just the courage that it must have took to be able to take that story and then put it into these books and and documentaries that takes so much courage so i i take my if i had a hat on i take it off for you i ain't gonna even lie and and i'm just so grateful to to have known you and to be able to to have you on our stage today angela for those of you who have been watching i would love for you to like and share this broadcast make sure you like and share and angela um is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience today before we wrap it up? You know, you know, just, I just want to go back to God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And I truly believe that statement, even on my darkest day. Mm -hmm. And that is so true. God is good and God is great. And he's continuing to show us how good he is by, by continuing to, to be with us every single day. Uh, and without him, I don't know where we'd be. So I exactly. want to I, I just continue to encourage you to go out there and make it happen. Keep sharing your story. Keep letting people know how the power of God. Just when we think that, you know, everything is over with and, and we're on our last leg and we can't handle it. Trust me, we can handle just about anything that is thrown at us. And when we think that things are bad, just think about others who, who may have been dealing with something so much more worse and, and figure out how they've got through it and how we can get through it. How we can get through it. Yeah. My son, he wrote Dead Men Joy, Dead Men Jam. So I said, Joy. jamming with Jesus.
Examine with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Angela, thanks again for being part of Share the Stage. I hope to see you again soon on this stage. May you continue to go out and be a blessing to the world. And be a blessing to the world. Thanks again, Angela. Thanks again, Angela. Thank you. Bye now. God bless. God bless you.